This week on the Colin and Samir podcast, we bring you behind the scenes on a conversation we've had many times over the past three years. Making creativity into a career is by no means easy. And on this episode, we explore why we left our stable jobs three years ago to dive back into creative entrepreneurship. We didn't know what to expect, but given we had done it before, we thought it'd be easy. But to be honest, I don't think we had ever anticipated it would be as hard as it's proven to be. There have been many moments where we thought about moving on and going back into a more stable career path. From our experience, it seems like a lot of creatives are going through the same thought process. It's definitely not an easy thing to pull off when your own creativity becomes your primary source of income. And that's what we explore today on the show. As you listen to the episode, I'm curious how many of you can relate to this feeling. Make sure to tweet at us any thoughts that you have while listening to the episode. You can also drop us a voice message on Anchor. Shoot us an email, colinandsamir at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. Ready to go. Oh, we're already recording. There we are. You know what's really cool? What I really like is logging onto Twitter and seeing a notification, hopping in that notification and seeing that it's someone recommending this podcast to someone else. I do love seeing that. That's like one of my favorite things. It makes me feel so appreciated and just like i don't know it's so exciting and i appreciate you guys so much for recommending the podcast what was cool is that anchor tweeted about us again i think it was yesterday Mm -hmm. and matt diavella is in the photo with us and there were a few people that said oh wow these are my two favorite podcasts the ground up show and the colin smear podcast and i thought that's good company yeah well shout out to anchor for sure they have been giving us a lot of love this week they did a spotlight on us uh, blog post about our podcast have been really pumping us. We're on the homepage of Anchor right now, and uh, still, yes, still. Uh, one of the cool things uh, is that the, we're the, out here, man. Yeah, one of the cool things is the voice messages. Again, I I love the voice messages. I love when you guys leave us those, and we can integrate them into the podcast. So, just wanted to start out with just a lot of appreciation. Like you, you, you guys are so awesome. Everyone who listens to this podcast, amazing. I can't believe we've built this community of people who listen. It's amazing. Let's dive in. Okay, so today the topic. Uh, if you clicked on this episode, you know the title is Let's Just Get Jobs. The reason I wanted to title it that is that's something that Colin and I have said to each other <laughs> countless numbers of times in the last year. And I wanted to bring you into the world of what it's like to try and pursue creativity as a career and as a lifestyle, especially when that is a very vague term and it's very vague to for us to figure out what exactly, where exactly we're putting our creative energy. And many times we've been so frustrated and so fed up that we've sat together and just with a lot of confidence said, all right, man, let's just, let's just go get jobs. We should start looking for jobs. Cause I do not consider this. It's hard to consider this a job. It's very hard to define. It's very hard to define and it's a lot different. I just want to now clarify why this is different from our first creative project. Our first creative project was very defined. It was, it was very hyper-focused. And we've, we, we talked about focus on our YouTube channel um, in our most recent video. But that was a network dedicated to the sport of lacrosse. So everything we created was all pumping back into the brand. And every time we picked up a camera, it was like laying down a brick into the foundation that was this brand and this network and this community, um, all based around the sport of lacrosse. And that brand, as it grew, there was a very clear revenue path of how that made money and then how that got us to the next 
place. And then once the company got acquired, then we had, you know, more clear markers of exactly what we wanted to do. And as we left that company, we both just kind of knew that we wanted to do creative things. And I think we, we, we had some level of confidence that it would get solidified at some point. We were uber confident in ourselves yeah. when we left because we left stable jobs with salaries and benefits and a good path towards the future. Really just off the premise of, I think we could be bigger and better and do all different types of projects. And let's just, let's just figure it out. So let's, let's get into that decision. Why don't we start there of the decision to leave the company? And the reason why I want to get into that is because a lot of times I reflect on it and think right now in this moment, I think like, wouldn't it be cool to make videos for a living and like just work together on cool creative projects? And then I look back and I'm like, wait a second, we were doing that, but we left. So what am I looking well, for? We're doing now? it now. We're just not doing it with stability. Right. Right. So it's not like we're not doing that. It's just a very different landscape. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're not doing it with as much um, of the nice comfort. Like so much was taken care of when you're at yeah, a company. I really took it for granted. Yeah. So much is taken care of. Like whether it's getting a salary from the company, getting health benefits, the office was beautiful, five yeah. blocks from the beach. Like you didn't really have, you had to be very conscious of how you were um, spending. And obviously we were very uh, frugal and, and good at, at, at managing our budget. But in the grand scheme of things, it's a lot different when you're your own company and your own business of how much things cost. Like we weren't doing our own accounting. We weren't booking right. our own flights. We weren't, I mean, outside of like running the budgets, right? Which we were in charge of. Yeah. We weren't in charge of necessarily pressing all those buttons and dealing with all the logistics. No, not really. Accounts even, receivable. Like even the stuff that I had to deal with as more of the, like on the management level, um, whether it was like negotiate, like dealing with salaries and raises and stuff like that. Like even that wasn't half as intense and stressful as it is when it's just your own company and you're just managing the, the, the entire flow of money and all this stuff. And the reason I say that is because at that point, being at that job, what I didn't realize was how much was taken care of and how much I was just allowed to be creative. Yeah. Like I, I was, I would walk in the door every day without too much worry or care outside of how excited I was to create something. And we created some pretty amazing things there. What's interesting is that we both left that job, I think, very happy, per pretty much personally fulfilled. Like not, we weren't unhappy. I don't remember being uh, personally that sort of sad or anxious or distraught. No, I think it, I, 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 I try and tap into my mind state. I was really happy with everything that was going on there. Like I thought we were progressing really well. I thought we had built something really cool. I thought we were finally doing the brand partnerships we were trying to do. We had launched yeah. an app, which was really such a great experience. We had an amazing team around us, but it just felt like the time had come. Actually, I think I remember a little bit more clearly what it was. We put together a big business plan. Oh, yeah, you're right. And forecast into the future. And part of carrying out that business plan was potentially going to be moving to New York City. 
to be in the mm-hmm. HQ of the company there. And that would allow us to really be closer to the major lacrosse markets and sort of carry out this next step, this like phase two of the company. And I don't think you and I were ready to agree to that and ready to go. And like, I don't know if we had the energy to go into that phase two. That's true. I I also want to say that I think that that was a bigger narrative than it like with between you and I that it actually was because mm. it was just a suggestion. Yeah, yeah. There was no yeah, ultimate. There was no like ultimate. But I need right? to mean so, for you and I, we were thinking, yeah. okay, if we're gonna have the energy to carry out this business plan that That's we true. just put together and really yeah. do it to the best of its ability, uh, it wasn't outside pressure. It was internally. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. If we're gonna actually do what we just said, what we think is best, mm-hmm. it would mean moving to New York City. It would mean really having the energy to start over again. It's so amazing, like how. Hind, how, how hindsight works right because now what, even when you're saying that i'm like oh that would have been kind of cool though to move to new york city for a couple of years like totally cool yeah like would have paid for us to yeah. move and relocate sure yeah would have had uh, a paycheck <laughs> that allowed us to live in new york city i mean it would have been so rad and we were 26 like what were no, we? we were younger than that no way yeah don't believe i don't believe yeah. that because uh yeah actually no we were either 25 or 26 when we left yeah yeah, yeah that would have been an incredible opportunity so you know, as you're listening to this, if you're new to our story, then now you know that we left that situation. And we left, and uh, I remember feeling very happy when we left, and very free, and very like, wow, anything is possible. And we immediately started creating content for a new YouTube channel called Colin and Samir. We were like, oh, man, let's create some stuff. And it was really fun. Like some of the first videos we made are still some of my most, like my favorite videos that we ever made. I actually shared our first video on Instagram today. Today? This is Fairfax. Yeah, I was on Fairfax, which is a street in LA. I just took a picture of a road sign that said Fairfax and then swipe up to watch that video. And I think what what was clear at that point was there was a lot of pent-up creativity. Being at a company where everything is about sports media um, and primarily our focus was on lacrosse media, I think we just had this feeling of, man, there's so much more I'm capable of. Like I can tell stories outside of this and I I desire to do that. And I think it was very confusing to understand if there was a possibility to do that within the confines of that company. Yeah. Right? Which there probably would have been had we asked or expressed that that was something we would like to do. Exactly. That's what I I don't think we asked any questions. It was sort of black and white for us. Yeah. But there was also, I think the the other thing I want to address is how much ego I had, I think, about the whole thing I, I, in, in twofold. One was like, I feel like this is small, what I'm doing, which I look back on that emotion. Yeah. That's and it's it's amazing to me that I had that emotion. I, I felt, was proud and embarrassed at the same time, which yeah. is a really weird, it's weird emotion to have. Yeah, and I don't know why. I guess I just wanted so badly to share everything I was doing with my friends, and my friends weren't that interested in what I was doing, and I think that was a uh, big hit to my ego. Like, I wanted to do something that was, like, cool and big. And yeah. and again, hindsight, it, it was, was cool. It was so cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was incredibly cool. Um, but, yeah, and, and there was ego in that sense of, man, I think I'm bigger than this. And there was also ego in the sense of like confidence and saying like, yeah, it's not going to be a problem for me to recreate this lifestyle that I have. Yeah. It's going to be really easy. Totally. I assumed that a year from the time that we left, 
we would have some sort of creative office with some of the employees that we actually worked with at the company. Right. I thought we'll be in the same area. We'll be in like Venice, Santa Monica. Right. We'll have an office and we'll hire some of these people. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you that the, you know, the next year was like creative and interesting. We traveled a lot. We did all kinds of different projects. We maintained a a lot of contracts in the lacrosse Mm -hmm. space and that's what allowed us to. Yeah. And we, we were very creative and, but it did not, I think after that year was the first time I was like, oh, this is going to be way harder. There are so many more expenses and, and just so much more involved in running your own company that I don't think I really realized because when we were first running the company pre-acquisition, when we were 21, 22, it was kind of like, ah, we get paid, whatever, don't get paid. Like, you know what I mean? It was just kind of like, yeah, just figure it out. It was also for me, potentially short term. Right. When you're that age, when you're 22, 23. Yeah, you're like, right. you're like, ah, yeah. you know, I'll live with my aunt. I'll, I'll live with right. four other people. Whatever I have to do, I don't care. This is fun. This right. is interesting. I'm learning. It's a new city. Now I'm 24. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we had we, we had only seen things work out, really. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. were fortunate. We were like, oh, it's hard and then it works out. That's how this goes. <laughs> it's hard and then you get acquired. Yeah, and then someone buys your company. And like that's how, that's just what we had seen. So stepping out of that, becoming into this independent creator space, this freelance space, do you remember the first time that it was hard after we left the company? Do you remember the first time you were like, whoa, this is, this is way harder than I thought it was? I remember the first time that I had a little bit of anxiety and it was actually a pretty immediate it was in the first week, uh, first week after we left, you and I actually spent a good amount of time apart in mm-hmm. that first week. It was like two weeks almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you became very like a little bit more active in your family business. Yeah. And I remember thinking, well, what the hell am I doing? I was like, whoa, this yeah. guy has a network here and has uh, lifestyle options built in. Right. Like the next thing is actually like is just could be here if he wants it to whatever he wants it to be like that could be it could be here. And I remember in that first week, I like you were working with your family and I just went to the beach. And I remember sitting on the beach looking at the ocean thinking, whoa, I might have to figure some shit out. Yeah. It's just this. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's this wild thing where it's just on you. Yeah. It's just on you now. Like and I think we've I'm so thankful for these past three years because they've been hard and because they've been confusing and emotionally challenging because I think I was able to drop a lot of that ego and learn some real life lessons of what it means if you want to do your own thing. If you want to be a creator, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to be a creative, it's actually not that, like especially entrepreneurship, it's not that sexy. It's not that cool. It's very cool if you make it, but the process of it is incredibly challenging. Yeah, I have so much respect for all of the freelancers that we work with and yeah. come into contact with. So mm-hmm. I'm so impressed by all of them because I, so many, I think, do a much better job than you and I at, and maybe I don't know, but at, at handling it, yeah. internalizing it, being comfortable with it. I think it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly uncomfortable. And that's why that sentence comes up all the time because you, you revert back to what was one of the most comfortable experiences of my life to date was being a paid salary creative. But now the question is, why? Why 
why, even though we've said that so many times, why not? Why have we not acted on it? I think we've been fortunate that a lot of random things come our way. And right when we say, let's get jobs, something we, we kind of latch on to something else that'll give you another two weeks. Yeah. Right. And we'll say, oh, okay, just two weeks. Let's do this and then see where we're at. And then we find another one. Oh, let's just see. Let's, let's do this and see where we're at. But what's the, uh, but what's the dream? Like what, why hold on for even two more weeks? I said this on the last podcast. I think the dream is to be more self-made. I, I like that. I like the appeal of it. Of the, I guess it's a little bit of ego, but the image of that. Yeah. And I, a lot of the lifestyle I do like, a lot of it I don't like. Right. You know? And I guess that was the same with being in, in the other position of having a job. There was a, there was a lot of it I liked, but there was some, some reason I didn't like it. You know, and I think this is what I brought up to you. And this was a conversation we had on Monday, I think, or, or Tuesday. But I ran into a friend um, at the gym and we were talking about Instagram addiction. And this is going to relate. So just bear with me here. Just like you're on for the journey with me on this one. Uh, so we were talking about Instagram addiction and the concept of how it relates to gambling. And what he said to me was fascinating. He said, more people who are addicted to gambling are interested in the feeling of suspense than they are in winning the actual pot. So what he said is like the actual sensation that you're addicted to is the feeling of not knowing what card is going to get thrown down next. Or when you pull a slot machine down, the suspense of are these going to line up is much more enticing than winning the pot and like winning the money. Obviously, that's an amazing byproduct of it. But the reason why people sit there for hours is because they love the suspense and they get addicted to the feeling of the unknown and that anything could happen and that they could win. That's a very exciting feeling. And your friend likened it to pulling down on Instagram. Pulling down on Instagram because you don't know what you're going to get. It refreshes and then new images and videos come up. So he said pulling down on Instagram is like a slot machine. And it's not actually the content you're addicted to. It's just the fact that you can pull down and anything can happen and anything can show up. And you, you're, you become addicted to the concept that if I refresh this thing, I could find something, but finding the thing is not as fun as the concept of pulling down and anything can happen. So then as I was driving away and thinking about that concept, I was like, wait a second. I think that's the reason I can't get a job right now. And the reason I can't get myself to even think down that path anymore is because I like waking up in the morning, getting out of bed, and essentially is a refresh, and it's like anything could happen today. I could get any email, I could get on any project, I could collaborate with anyone, we could run into anyone, mm-hmm. like anyone could hit us up, we could, you could make any amount of money, even if that's zero, you could make zero. Like yeah. that, that feeling, I think, is some level of addictive. It's awful for life planning. Yeah, it's like, it's like gambling. Yeah, it's terrible for planning out your life. Now, if it, the reason it's different from gambling is because if you find something and you become very good at re- replicating it and building a routine with it, and you're that type of person, it can grow. But I think I'm, I'm trying to look inside and say, am I just the type of person who wants that feeling so badly? Because my dad's kind of like that, that he likes doing a ton of different things and he likes the feeling that anything could happen today. 
And I'm recognizing I really like that feeling. And so every time we've said, let's get jobs to each other, I think there's still a part of me that's like, mm, no, I can't do that because I can't wake up and go to the same place and not know that anything could happen. Yeah, we've, I mean, we've said this to each other again multiple times, but every time we say it, feels real, but I always question, how much does he really mean it? Yeah. Does he really mean he's going to do it? Well, I will say there's been times where I'm like, God, I, I just want to go into an office and work in a whiteboard room talking about cool creative projects and then go home and not have the pressure of, the, of feeling like the world is on top of you and being like, oh man, if I don't make something happen, yeah, you know? I mean, what's been stressful and what's led us to these conversations this past year is, you know, we've given ourselves deadlines where we've said sometimes, all right, if nothing really happens by this date, we'll start getting jobs. We'll start yeah. looking for jobs. And I looked for, you looked for jobs. Uh -huh. I know that, right? How yeah. close do you think you got? Uh, I applied and I talked to some friends. Yeah. But it just didn't feel real. I mean, even I didn't, I applied and didn't get a, didn't get like asked to come in for an interview. Well, that was part of it too. You and I had fear. We had conversations yeah. around, are we even employable? Yeah. It's, it's amazing because I think also we have a, like this creator brand that maybe is too public and too visible and, and too, like maybe it doesn't work for for a job. I don't even know. And I've also actually never applied for a job. I had a job as a director at a media company because our company got bought. And I filled that role because I was the president of the other company. And so like, I know I'm qualified to be in a job position, but I don't know Same. how to show that. Same. And, I feel qualified. Yeah. I, I definitely feel qualified. to. I feel qualified to work at a social media platform at like a YouTube or an Instagram or Twitter mm -hmm. or something like that to work with different creators, 100%. I feel slightly qualified to do graphic design or editing or video work or things like that. But that was the th question too is, okay, well, what do, now I have to choose. If I'm going to get a job, I yeah. need to choose what I do and to as, at least start looking. Yeah, and as an independent creative, you do everything all day. So you're like, wait, am I on like the strategy business side? Am I on the creative side? Like I'm, I have to do all these things all day. So, And even as a startup that we were in the beginning of our career, we did everything too. So it's it's an interesting uh it's an interesting topic and it's uh it's something that's that's been coming into my head like in and out of my head over the past couple months of am i ever going to go back to that and, and what what made you i feel like recently in the past week yeah. or so you've come to this conclusion where you you've realized no i'm i'm never going back yeah and i wouldn't say never but i'm i'm not going back now yeah you became more confident yeah, about yeah i'm not yeah. going back now i just think uh it's focus driven and it's intention driven. And I think, again, I talked about this on two podcasts ago when we had the intention of growing a YouTube channel, we all of a sudden fell into some collaborations that made us grow a YouTube channel and, and fell into some really good videos. And, and we came up with good ideas that helped us grow our audience. Then when we, you know, wanted to, for example, we wanted to meet a yes theory or meet or get connected with Will Smith. We, we just focused and we did it. And so I'm, I don't want to, disrespect the concept of focus. Um, I, and I don't think we focused on actually growing a business yet. Yeah, and so I, I don't feel a lack of confidence in it. I think part of me feels a fear of like, is this really what I want? Like if we get any bigger then I'm still sitting here dealing with accounting and, and uh, you know, d dealing with all the backend stuff that was all taken care of when I was at a job. Um, but 
like you said, there's probably still some level of desire to be self-made. And, and for me personally, a lot of desire of that, I can do anything I want. Like I can wake up in the morning and be like, you know what, today, all of a sudden I have this vision and I want to start working with musicians or I don't know, working with someone to like work on a creative project. I want that, that flexibility and that freedom to do that. And I might be naive that I, that I don't know if you, there's a job that allows for that. Maybe there is, but right now, like I'm, I have this new focus of just like, no, 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 just make it happen. Like just, just focus on it. Like don't, don't get distracted. Just focus on that. So I, I think that that's, uh, that's probably the difference. And again, I, I don't doubt though. Also, I tell myself there's going to be a ton of moments of doubt. Yeah. I don't doubt that in the next couple weeks, there's going to be nights where I'm laying in bed and this happens to me all the time. I'm laying in bed and my heart's pounding and I'm like, what am I doing? This is a terrible idea. And then I wake up and I have a different mood, you know, and like I write things down, I get a little bit more focused. Part of being a, a freelancer, a creative and entrepreneur is you're going to have bad days. You're going to have bad days. And a lot of that comes from a lack of focus and a lack of reflecting on what did I just do? Did I move in the direction of my focus? Yeah. And right now the direction is to build out our creator brand a little bit more, mm-hmm. more so than we have, hopefully drive some revenue from it, mm-hmm. which would be great via this podcast, via mm-hmm. the YouTube channel, take away a little bit of the, of the stress of, of finding that next project and try and build actually a stable situation out of the mm-hmm. YouTube channel and the podcast and the things that we're doing here, which would be great. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really want to be jumping around from project to project. That's not why I left the company. I didn't leave the company because I was like, I just want to be a freelance creative. I didn't leave the company for that reason. I left the company because I was like, I think I can build something again. Brands. Yeah, brands. I think I can build brands. So, like, I have to do that to build brands. Like it's so easy to, to jump on to different projects because we get hit up every other day about a project. And again, and it is cool to work with. And they are cool. music. We're getting brought in for a lot of brand strategy, mm-hmm. content strategy. And th- that's the type of work that does allow you to on a whim work with a musician mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. an actor or an yeah. athlete. You just have to figure out, or sorry, you, the, the, the proverbial you, so we just have to work on making sure that all these projects feed back into a brand, right? Yeah. Like, I think, again, I'm so inspired by um, Neistat. And we got to talk about, we got, we got like into it with him on, on Twitter or something this week. Who knows what that was? But Maybe he, he got into it with us. Yeah, I think he got into, I don't know. He tweeted at us about uh, a creativity quote I tweeted uh, that it was like a false attribution. Attribution, yeah. And then also we were at dinner two nights ago mm-hmm. with Jake Roper from Vsauce and formerly of Beam. Yeah, yeah. And, and Casey, Casey McPerry. Yeah. If you don't follow him on Instagram, he's super impressive. He's yeah. a video creator, a photographer, and his entire feed, two years of posting, connects with itself. Very cool. It's Look him up. What, the reason I brought up Neistat was because I think he's an example of someone who's um, so interesting to me, like able to build a tech platform able to make a documentary with Sean Mendez, like in, in the music space, able to make movies, able to make a HBO. Like he's done a lot in his career that's jumping around, but all building the brand of Casey Neistat. So I think that's 
something that's very exciting to me and very interesting is like, yes, we get a lot of really cool opportunities, a lot of fun projects. I love working with our creator friends on stuff. I think that's the coolest thing, working with musicians, working with other people. But we have to make sure that it's all under the con, like building under the context of the Colin and Samir brand and just have to get like smarter now about how we're operating this thing. Yes, 100%. Because we also said to ourselves the other day, like this would be the most fun job. Yeah, we were out filming a video and we were like, man, if this could be it. Also this, the podcast, one of my favorite times of the week is recording a podcast. So when I look at it, I'm like, this would be amazing if this was my job. This would be incredible. I'm having a great time. Yeah, I'm I'm having a blast right now, <laughs> Colin. But but yeah, this, this is something that I'm recognizing now. Okay, well, wait a second. It's not just something we do on the side. This is what we're trying to make our thing. So even even that word, let's just get jo- or that that sentence, let's just, let's just get jobs. That's true, but let's get a job at our own company. You know, like let's yeah, hell yeah, l- l- let's make it happen. Now, at the same time, take out the financial stuff, take out the creative stuff. Let's just talk about lifestyle. I just said this to my fiance, who's thinking about and exploring the concept of of starting her own private practice. She's a therapist. Um, She just got her yoga certification. So she's thinking about doing like a wellness style company. And she's talking to me about entrepreneurship. And obviously I'm here to support her and and, and figure it out. But the one thing I said to her is, I want you to really understand that going off on your own is very exciting. And I don't doubt that you're going to be successful in it. But just the one thing I want you to know is that you're not going to walk into an office with 20 people every day Yeah. for another God knows Who how knows? long. Maybe, Maybe never. never. Yeah. Okay. And where all of you can go to lunch and feel yeah. feel and kind of relax. Or go if to you, a company barbecue. I and mean, that was yeah. a great thing about having a, a job when we were acquired. They brought us out for the Christmas party. Yeah. Holiday, the holiday, holiday party. party. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, or, all types of events. But like also that. we, I was able to do uh, like group outings with, like I had a budget to do group outings with our team. So cool. And it was awesome. We did Friday lunch. Remember every Friday, Friday we lunch. went out to like a nice lunch as a team. There used to be, peer concerts uh-huh. in Santa Monica that were free and we would all after work go down to the concerts. But there's a nice air of relaxation when you're all at a company. But what I was also telling her is that the next time you do that, you're the boss. So they're not always all friends. Yeah. Like they're, not, they're not like of your course friends. They're not your peers. Of course, your friends with the dynamics different. Like even you and I, like that might never happen again. That That vibe of all of us coming in and going to get coffee together and like this kind of like creative unit that it can happen again. It happens on our productions on a micro level. Yeah. Um, when we do productions, we do, but I think we've been fortunate again to hire pretty well, uh, yeah. personality wise and culture wise mm-hmm. when we do some of these bigger projects. So it does have that feeling that we're all part of the same team and we are. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, we're still the ones at the top putting it together. So the, the, the thing, the point I'm getting at here with the, the let's just get jobs thing is there's also this additional like um, isolation that comes with you being an entrepreneur. Like you're just kind of on your own and you and I are together, but you and I are on our own. Like we don't, there's, there's, there's really not many people around us to support us in this business No, on a day-to-day basis. So like that's a very different vibe a very different environment uh, than when you get to go in and be with a bunch of friends like and coworkers that, that you like. And maybe we're fortunate to have been in a situation where we loved all of our 
I think we were fortunate for that too. I mean, yeah. you talk to a lot of people and their yeah. favorite thing to do at work is talk about how much they don't like work right. or right. someone at work. Right. But that's and just like a thing that, I mean, that, that happens, happens everywhere. That happens everywhere, man. That's uh, like, for some reason, people like companies hired, connect. We hired like everyone that we were working with. Yeah, though. that's true. And like, we knew them. It was yeah. awesome. But that's something that I think if you're out there thinking about, say you're at a job and you're like, man, I just want to go out and do my own thing. That's great. But you also have to remember, if you're not doing a bunch of projects, you're going to spend a lot of days alone. Mm-hmm. You know? All of a sudden, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I'm working from home alone, or I'm working from this coffee shop alone, yeah. or like, you're just not in that group have environment. Have a conversation with someone at the end of the day, maybe out at like getting a drink. What'd yeah. you do today? And you're like, yeah. um, I didn't get out. Well, I think especially when you're a creator or creative, especially when there's such intensive computer work you have to do alone, like edit or graphic design or whatever. Um, Sometimes I have anxiety of whether I'll be able to communicate with, with a human. <laughs> really? Thank God we have this podcast, man. So at least you can talk. Yeah, <laughs> of course I can get it out. But no, sometimes when I have one of those weird days and I'm meeting up with someone later uh, for dinner or something, I wonder how I'm going to fare right. as a communicator today. Yeah. After the podcast, I'll be fine. Right. I'm ready to go. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's such an important thing to, to think about. And I think a lot of that term, let's just get jobs, also just comes from the desire to be a part of a team again. Yeah, yeah. Be a part of a team. Have someone else directing the ship. Mm-hmm. I feel like I I may struggle with having a job, but I do think I would be a really good employee now because I have a lot of respect yeah. for what people take on uh, in leadership roles mm-hmm. at companies and the risks that they take. Yeah. So... I think I have a much better understanding of if you accept a job to do this role that was in the contract or in the job description, that's what you're there to do. Right. And like, so you just need to do it. I think I'd be a much better cog in a wheel now. Yeah. (laughs) Not that I might, I don't think I would necessarily would enjoy it, but I would have a profound respect for having to stick to that job and just do what's needed for the greater good. I I thought that this was interesting and, and thought about it a lot during the time we were most serious about getting jobs, like had one of us landed a job, everything would have changed. Yeah, completely. I thought about that a lot. Yeah. Thinking, all right, well, I know Samir's looking for jobs. I'm starting to look for jobs. If one of these happens, then it's over. There's some weird like universe thing going on though, where the day that the day that you and I talked about, recently which was maybe two weeks ago or a week ago saying hey let's let's just focus right now let's just go for this creator thing this has been a dream of ours for probably since we met like being able to make the movies we want and making making money doing that Mm -hmm. and being able to finance our own movies too like whatever we want to make there's so many times where we're just like that would be cool we should go (laughs) do that that would be amazing if we could actually just finance those things. We've met all these amazing creatives. One of my favorite things to do is employ a creative. Oh man, it's amazing. The best thing in the world is if I have a gig and I could bring on a creative who I really believe in. And they can be happy about what they're making and have some freedom to make it. And they're excited and they feel excited about getting paid to do this cool thing. And like we're bringing them into this cool project. It's one of my favorite things in the world. It feels better than paying yourself. Way better. Yeah. It truly does. It truly does. It feels amazing to, um, hire a creative, uh, for a project, for a cool project. So for me, like I, I, when we just talked about that, we were like, you know what, let's focus, man. Let's do this creator thing. All of a sudden we start connecting with huge creators. We've always wanted to meet 
Casey McPerry's a guy we've also wanted to meet. All of a sudden, we're sitting at dinner with him, just us and him, and hanging out all night and becoming friends and exchanging contact. And it's like, what is happening? And that happened actually multiple times in the last week. Yeah, and then like, Casey tweeted at us, which yeah. was random, out of the blue. Random and like... Yeah, he, like he's moving to LA right now too, which is like he's random moving, as well. Yeah. Jack called me the other day with like a fascinating opportunity. We're talking about doing another project with Yes Theory. Like all of a sudden, the creator we're thing, in, yeah. we're like back in the creator thing. But it's this weird thing where you set your intention to something. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think we've ever really set our intention to the. I think we always said, let's get jobs. But I, I don't think we ever really meant it. No. And, and I, I, that's like that, that concept of why. I think it's so fascinating. I was definitely, I don't know if I ever m- meant it in terms of, all right, I'm really going to accept a job. I barely even had the true energy to go look, but I definitely was authentic in feeling like I was towards the end. Right. Like I was really at a point where I was just stressed and fed up and I didn't, under, I didn't understand how I just didn't see a foreseeable future right. when we we're having those conversations, but we weren't setting any intention for what we were going to do next. I was like, Oh, okay. Well then, yeah, of course. If our conversations are all ending with let's get jobs, mm-hmm. then that's probably, I don't know what that means, but it's not going to end up in us being YouTube creators and like building our own business. That's for sure. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what happens when you start to have those emotions. And I think if you're doing anything, and you're having that feeling of, you know what, I should, I should just kind of move on from this. I should do something different. But deep inside, it's something you really want to do. How do you approach that? Like, what do you do next? And I think the most important thing that we've learned, a common theme across the last two months of um, what we need so badly in our creative collective, in our, in our company, is direction. When you lack direction, everything is a lot easier to feel like you should give up. Direction allows you to track progress. It allows you to have a vision, a light at the end of the tunnel of like, I'm just trying to get there. You know, I'm trying to get there. If I can get there, then I can get to the next place. Then I can get to the next place. And setting those goals for yourself is so incredibly crucial. I think even as we're looking at this next creator kind of journey of ours of, okay, let's get serious again. Let's try and make this a reality. Now's the time where we have to set those goals and we have to say, we've, we've talked about it. We, we have a certain goal of what type of content we want to put out on Instagram and what, on how, how much engagement we want to create, um, who owns that, you know, who's, whose job is it to do that every day? YouTube, how much YouTube content do we want to yeah. create? I think we also decided talking about and dialing in on what our mission is, what we're passionate about speaking about, mm-hmm. right? We talked about being a voice for the modern creative, right? making sure that we can talk about what's happening and inform people about what's happening in the creator landscape, in the media landscape. And then on some of our other platforms, tell you the behind the scenes of what it's like to do it ourselves. Like this right now. Yes. You know? So yeah, I mean that, that direction, it just makes everything easier because you wake up in the morning and you're like, I got it. I know what I need to do today to move the needle. I know what I need to do today to push the ball forward. And then you know, three in three years into this or three and a half years into this, whatever it is of being kind of independent and having it be a struggle. I think the, uh, the important thing to reflect on and, and to pass on is that there's going to be great days and there's going to be really tough days. And I even look at my dad who's, who's a business owner, entrepreneur, and it never stops. 
signing up to be a business owner is that. It is just like, I'm going to have some really high highs and some really low lows. It's the, it's, the, it's the slot machine that you're signing up to pull the lever down on every morning. Yeah, you don't know what your set of cards is going to be. It's actually been fun to connect with my dad about it because he's been working for himself for, I guess, maybe a little over 10 years now. Yeah. And it's fun to talk with him about the days when sometimes he just sits in his office and is not totally sure what, yeah. <laughs> what to do next or what's happening. And those were, I guess, more of his early days. He's a lot busier now. But yeah. it's definitely fun to connect on some of that. It's, it's such a reality, man. Like, you just don't know a lot of times any, anything can happen. You can get a call any day that can change everything. And, and there's so much fun in that. And there's, there's also so much stress in that and so much anxiety, but it's. What's fun for us is, is that, uh, have you seen Forrest Gump? Of course. You know, if you haven't seen Forrest Gump. Who hasn't seen Forrest Gump? I would Gump? imagine most people have seen Forrest Gump, but you know how Forrest Gump shows up everywhere? He's at the White House. Yeah, he's yeah. like at the Rose Bowl. He's yeah. in Vietnam. He's at the Washington Monument. Like he's, he's just, he's showing up everywhere. He, yeah. Every part of history he shows up in. I think that we are the Forrest Gump of online video creators. Because <laughs> we're sitting at that dinner a couple nights ago yeah, with yeah, Jake yeah. Roper from yeah. formerly of Beam. Yeah. And we made a video about him and uh-huh. we were in his office. And then Casey McPerry, uh-huh. another creator we admire, we had never met, but he got involved in a lacrosse project one time. Oh, yeah. And the guy who hired him for that project was the first person we ever did branded content with at the lacrosse network six years ago. Yeah. Logan Paul's filmer, Spencer, Spencer was one of the first guys we worked with, worked with remotely when we were at TLN, we distributed some of his web series about lacrosse. Like there's just, it's amazing. Will Smith, you look at the jump, our heads are poking up in the back (laughs) of the broadcast. Yeah, that's true. In a certain part of the online creator space. Yeah. The, the, like, I think probably to knock some things off our checklist would be like show up in a Twitch stream. Sure, know, like, like a ninja stream yeah, out like of nowhere. Ni- yeah. All of a sudden we're like in a ninja stream or something. Yeah. But that, that would actually be funny to make a list of places we should show up. But in. even think like Brody Smith, Dude Perfect, yeah, Chris yeah, Chan. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we've just been in it for a long time, man. It's been a long time. It's been since 2011 we've been, in, been online creators. It's a long time. Eight, eight years, eight years of, of this, of just publishing work, just getting it out, you know, and just putting something out, like, like having an idea and putting it out. There's also something very addictive about that. Pressing publish. Yeah. Oh man. It's the very best. addictive. Very excited. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the one thought I had, and this is a little bit tangential, but the, the one thought I had is are entrepreneurs and creatives more prone to Instagram addiction? because it mirrors the same feeling of that gamble, right? Of like, imagine yourself right now pulling down on the Instagram feed and then it refreshing. It's it's like such this feeling of waking up as a creative, you know, pulling down on life and being like, okay, what's it gonna give me today? What's gonna happen today? You know, what type of projects gonna come my way? Am I gonna come up with something cool? Am I gonna be creative today? Mm-hmm. Am I gonna make something? Am I, is everything gonna go well? Is that There's all these like variables that can happen when you're, um, a creative and they can either net out positive or, or negative um, every single day. So I think that that feeling, if you enjoy that feeling and if you fall in love with that feeling, even even if some days you don't feel like you love it, if you fall in love with that feeling, I think maybe you're more prone to 
Instagram addiction, more prone to just the kind of that, that up and down uh, feeling. Yeah, I said this to someone else recently and they were like, so are you telling me I'm going to get addicted to gambling? I was like, well, I'm telling you, you are addicted. I'm telling to, you, you're, you, you yeah. are addicted to gambling. You're just gambling in a different way. I mean, you're gambling with your time. That's true. It's not that you're not gambling with money either. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You're gambling with your time saying... Some, t- some days I'm going to invest X amount of time and I'm going to get $0. Some days I'm going to invest X amount of times I'm going to get $1,000 or $100,000. Anything can happen. Your time, all that. Hopefully but, the but difference when you're, is you're banking on yourself and not yeah. on like an algorithm. Mm-hmm. But when you're, at your, when you're at a job, you say I'm going to invest, invest X amount of time and I'm going to get exactly this amount of dollars. Yeah. So it is a gamble. This conversation is kind of stressing me out. Is it? Okay. All right. Let's change. <laughs> uh, how about, did you see, uh, what were the, what was like things to see this week? What were things to see? Yeah. This just week? like cool things on the internet. What did you see? Cool things. You know, what was on one of the, the best internet. things I've seen on the internet. The diary of a song of Lil Nas X, the one that you showed me of, of old town road. Yeah. If you haven't seen diary of a song by the New York times, highly recommend checking it out. If you ever think, I don't have the right equipment to tell a story or to put a video out. Watch Diary of a Song by the New York Times. It is entirely filmed via screen record of FaceTime. That makes me want to make a video all through FaceTime. And we kind of did that with uh, Sam Sheffer about the Twitch video. Sam Sheffer and Justin Odisha was FaceTime and Skype. That was yeah. so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... That's, I would say, we should end every podcast with like the thing to watch this week. The thing to watch. Or like the thing we watched. I like that. Yeah, that was one of the more recent things that we talked about. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. There it is. I think it's it's fascinating too to just witness and understand that there's this next crop of young people. If you're one of them right now listening, who's 19, who just grew up on YouTube, doesn't know anything else. It's just like, yeah, no, I don't, I mean, like, I understand exactly how this works. And, and they can just make things viral. Like Lil Nas X, that was all, like, it's, it's very intentional what he did. Mr. Beast, he, like, gets it. These guys get it. They know how to make something catch fire. And we're here, like, scratching our heads, like, figuring it out and, and trying to, like, yeah, I mean, sometimes Lil, Lil Nas work, X, he like, says, he's like, it wasn't by chance that this song went viral. Right. I made the song, and then I probably put out 200 memes a day using the song in it on Twitter until they started to catch and then he made a Reddit where he had the lyrics because he knew people were going to be starting to search the lyrics once it hit, hit big. Yeah. And text is what shows up in search. Yeah, it's wild, man. Like the understanding of the internet is like, whoa. And then it took off on TikTok. Holy smokes. It's fascinating. TikTok. Definitely check it out. TikTok is something we need to be more investigative about. I need to yeah. learn more about TikTok. I don't know if TikTok. I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to post TikToks, but I'm fine to investigate. Is that okay? You're looking at me like that was. Like you're furious. I feel like if anyone was to post TikToks, it would be you. No, I'd have like a Finsta of like a Finsta TikTok. But I think what's funny, and uh, you said this yourself, so I feel like I'm allowed to say this now. Okay. But like you sing really off tune when oh. you sing. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like you're, it's true. I'm. I you am. could go viral on TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> oh my god, that was the oldest dude thing to say <laughs> in the world. That was such a dad thing. Yeah. Yeah, you could go viral on the TikTok. We got to end yeah. this podcast. We've yeah. gone off the rails. Yeah, we are. It's off the rails. Wheels yeah. are off the bus. Wheels are off the bus. Let's, let me close the loop on what we had talked about in the show. So the title of the show, Let's Get Jobs. This is a conversation we have all the time. Um, it's probably not the last time we'll have the conversation. Being in this, this world um, of, of doing your own thing, it's up and down. It's hard. 
But right now we have a renewed focus and everything you're going to see from us over the next couple of weeks is all going to be um, with a focus. And it's all going to be, you know, us really attempting to make the things that we love to do our passion. Uh, we're going to try and make that a career in our lifestyle. And, and we're going to be dead serious about that with really specific goals, with really specific things that will make it into a career and will make it into the life that we always imagine. We have all these visions and there's a reason why we haven't gone and done something different. There's a reason why we sit together every day and, and, and get really excited about creative ideas. It's just time now to do it again. We've done something really amazing together, which was that, that you know, building a company and selling it. And, and now I think what I'm excited about is for everyone watching, you're going to see us attempt to do something again. Wow, that was Samir Chaudhry, former lacrosse coach, giving a pump-up speech before a big game. That was also, I've had four shots of espresso today. I've had a lot of coffee today too, yeah, man. We had a Actually, lot Actually, I've had four too. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's a mess. Wow, we are just... I feel, I feel weird. Yeah, I feel like both of ours went in different directions, both of our second coffees. What do you mean? My what? second coffee has taken me onto a... You're on the moon. I'm on the moon. Yeah. I'm slouched you, in my you chair. You seem scared. But I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, you that, seem yeah, scared. That's why. Yeah. I'm it's scared. just different levels of coffee. Yeah, I feel like I need to... And I worked out, but I might need to do it again to like go on a run to just sweat this out. I'm feeling mm. jittery. Mm. Well, that's it this week for the Colin and Samir <laughs> podcast. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. All right. Leave us a voice message on Anchor. Seriously, it's like the coolest thing. And thanks, Anchor, so much for the love. Thanks for all of our fans, too, for the love on Twitter, recommending our show. You guys are just the best. That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. Again, thank you to all of you who have shared our podcast, written us a review, left us a voice message on Anchor. It means the world to us to be building this community, and we can't wait to watch it grow as we continue to create and tell stories. Make sure to reach out to us via Instagram, Twitter, leave us a voice message on Anchor. If you have any thoughts on this conversation or any of our other podcast episodes, if you have ideas for new podcast episodes or guests that we should have on the show, make sure to let us know. We also put out a YouTube video this week, so if you haven't checked that out, head over to youtube.com slash Colin and Samir and give that a watch. All right, we'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.